Praise the Lord. How in the world are you? Amen, amen. Well, coming out of our month of evangelism, anybody had an opportunity to evangelize? Okay, we're going to go down the line. Where's the mics? How did it go? How did it go? Um, <clears throat> the beautiful thing about evangelism is that there's a process that begins once the process has taken place. Um, and one of those things is the process of life for the believer. So what I wanted to do is cover a few basic scriptures that we should be familiar with. Um, anybody ever watch a movie more than once? Raise your hand. Let me see. Okay. We're all guilty by association. Now, when you've watched that movie more than once, have you ever noticed something different? Right? So as we go through some scriptures, I pray that we're familiar with them. But then maybe there will be something that God gives us that stands out to us even as we go over the truth that we've once rehearsed. Amen? Um, starting off with Romans 10, 9, and 10. I'd like to think of the process of conversion, which is the act or process of being changed internally. So that's where Romans 10, 9, and 10 comes in, and that reads that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Amen? Amen. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's important that we realize that when the conversion takes place, we're actually going from nowhere to now here. It helps us to locate where we are. Spelled the same, but we perceive things different now, right? So nowhere to now here. So now we understand that we've been converted from out of darkness and into life. We've been regenerated by accepting Christ as our Lord and Savior, amen? How much did it cost you? How, mu how much money did it cost you? I, I want to know. Who the, the person that helped to convert you didn't charge you? How dare them? How, how can we place value on it then? Isn't that the, the, the culture that we live in? The more money you spend for a thing, the more priceless it is. But it's the things that we've been given that we can't put a price on. Think about the time that you were born. Think about the generation you were born into. Why weren't you born into the generation when your parents were born? That's a silly one. You couldn't have been born then. But think about all the processes that your lineage has gone through or your your, your forefathers have gone through to get to you. How many of us have asked the question, why was I born now? Because I'm going to tell you now, if I had to be born, if I had to be a teenager now, <laughs> Lord have mercy. Now, now, I grew up in Brooklyn, and I believe, anybody Brooklyn in the house? Make some noise, that's what I'm talking about. 
I said, I grew up in Brooklyn and y'all just looking like, yeah, me too, me too. But, and, and, and I like to believe that we had some tough times. I mean, we went through some things, but nowadays, there's so many voices pulling at our young people, not just pulling at our young people, pulling at us too. Because here we are, if we don't get engaged, then we get lost in the sauce. We can't even communicate and speak the language that they speak. So what are we doing to remain seasoned? What are we doing with this eternal life to make sure that we're not you know, uh, uh, becoming um, obtuse or, or even uh, alienated from our young people? I mean, we have moments now where people could be in the same house and instead of communicating, we text. Right? I mean, I'm guilty of it from time to time. I mean, you know, if, 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 if one of my boys is out late or whatever, I, I hear the door close, I text, is that you? <laughs> I want to make sure before I come downstairs with the Louisville. <laughs> you know, they laugh because, I mean, it's like, man, dad hear everything. But if I don't, maybe the alarm system will trip too. You know what I mean? We have so many different ways, so many different things to check this system and that system. But I'm wondering, what do we have in the body to check ourselves? So here we are, we've been converted. So there's the conversion process. Then there's the transformation that needs to take place. We're going to stay in Romans, and we're going to go to Romans chapter 12, starting at verse 1. And what is transformation? A thorough or dramatic change in appearance. So initially the change took place where? Internally, right? In the heart of man, which is what? It's interchangeable with the spirit. The heart is interchangeable with the spirit. So when we say that God resides in our heart, we're talking about our spirit. Amen? Romans 12, chapter, chapter tw Romans 12, verse 1 reads, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to who? God. This is your true and proper worship. So when, when you deprive yourself of something that you could partake in, and you deprive yourself of it, you're worshiping God. In more ways than one, think about it. If you turn away a food that you know is not good for you, that's going to uh, possibly take a few days off of your life, right? Which is the temple of God. Your body is the temple of God. How many of us know that? So if you're doing what you need to do physically, you're worshiping God. All right, let me continue. Maybe, I, maybe it's too early. No? Do not conform to the pattern of the church. What, is, what does the scripture say? Do not conform to the pattern of the world. So in other words, the world has a pattern. The world has a structure. The world has a way. Right? So what God is telling us is don't conform to that pattern. But is God telling us to break the law? Hmm. So that means we have to be smart. 
We have to work within the pattern and the system of this world. How do we do that? Sometimes it may mean that we have to work on Sunday. Right? I mean, I've known believers who have, and, and God bless them, I, I can't work this job because, you know, Sunday is my Sabbath. And then they lose their job. And then they pray to God and say, Lord, what, what, what happened? I, I took a stand. Yeah, you took a stand and go stand back on the unemployment line to get you another... How many of you have been able to pay your mortgage or your rent with the scripture? I'm, I'm, I'm saying this because sometimes we become so super spiritual that we forget this world has a pattern. This world has a pattern and in order for us to infiltrate the pattern, we have to do some things that might not necessarily be what we wanna do, right? So here we are, a part of this world, in this world, but not a part of it. Is that the right way to say it? In the world, but not a part of it? Okay, so let's read further. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How many of you know that the mind is very powerful? How many of us have told ourselves something over and over and over and over again until we believe it. All right. How many of us have, have, have made plans for the next day what we were gonna wear? Right? And in your mind, you told yourself it was gonna look nice, right? Right? Now, sometimes we hit a home run. You had that plan and you wore it and you people, oh, you look so nice. And you're saying, yep, I did it. <laughs> and then there's other moments where you make that plan and then it's kind of like, well, I ain't getting, getting no compliments. <laughs> and then you start feeling away. But how many of us have taken into consideration that even as we walk by faith, it's a steady diet of planning, moving in a certain direction. I mean, what does the scripture say? He can do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we do ask or think. So we have to ask, we have to be a part of the process. God can't do more than we ask or even think about. How many of y'all asking? How many of us asking God for some things? I mean, it depends on what we asking for too. Are you asking amiss? Like in James 4, one through six, you asking for it because you see somebody else with it? Or are you asking for it because it's going to enhance your walk with God? Now y'all might be saying, you know, now you talking about super spiritual, but now we can only ask for stuff. No, you can ask for what you want. But do you have the faith that it takes to move in a direction for it. Some of us want high paying jobs, right? Raise, raise your hand if you want a high paying job. Oh, y'all, some of y'all are like, oh, this gotta be a trick one. This is a, I, wait, the cameras is on, let me keep my hand down. Maybe I won't get caught out there. Maybe 50% I want a high paying job. But are we willing to do and make the sacrifices 
that the position calls for. Right? Because it's either for two things. You either want the power or the money. Or both. And with the power comes a lot of responsibility. With the money comes a lot of responsibility. Money is neutral. It's going to take on the character of the person who possesses it. Money is neutral. It will take on the character of the person that possesses it. And either you possess the money or the money will... It's real simple. What God is saying to us, it's okay to have money. As a matter of fact, that's how we're able to spread the gospel. God does not need your money. But we do. Listen, listen. These lights would not be on if we didn't have givers. You know what? Let me finish reading the scripture because scri- you need to hear it from the scripture. And, 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 you know, some people, they take truth to the extreme. You know, the minister said, we need money. We do. In order to keep the church doors open, I guarantee you, if everybody became tightwads and you decide you're not going to give again, guess what's going to happen? We all going to be back on the highway going to Brooklyn. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your what? Mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you. Yeah, that too. (laughs) Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of you. Now, any, any, any sports, sports people here like, the, like sports, basketball? Now, anybody that watches basketball, you know that every player tells themselves they're the best, right? At some point, the ones that make it to the professional level, they were the best in their arena. And whether it was in high school, college, they were close to the best, if not the absolute best. But I guarantee you, in the private areas of their lives, they were telling themselves, there's nobody better than me. Now, you may have to tell yourself that in order for you to go out and perform but you would more prefer for the people to say that about you. Because now you're using sober judgment. Now you tell yourself what you need to tell yourself. Now, what I had to tell myself before I got up here this morning is thank you, Lord, that I have a word in season. Now I have to believe that or why would I get up here? Do any of you go to work and you so humble and you so lowly that you walk in with your head down? You have to know that you're going to solve some problems. You have to know that the case that's going to make you the, the MVP is coming your way. You can't run from the moment. You run from the moment. How can you continue to ask God to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond, but you don't want to perform 
when the stage is set. We have to be willing to seize the moment. You have to be willing to let your light shine. Everybody, your homework, Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, specifically verses 25 through 28, I believe. And I believe that's where it says, um, no one puts a light on a hill to cover it. If, am, I, am I correct? Sometimes I, I, I choose to just go ahead and, and quote the scripture because I want to make sure that I'm in line and that my mind is still working the way it's supposed to. So I hope I'm right. Somebody check me. If I'm not, I want to make sure I give you the right scripture. Mark 4.25. Is it? Mark 4.21. Okay, I was close. I was close. I was in the vicinity. So now, go back to the scripture. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment and according with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as, just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, though many, form one body. Right? So the way, I, the, the way I view God sitting on high sees us, even though we're spread all around the world, the way I believe God sees us is Jesus as the head and each of us coming together and day to day, from God's perspective, he can see the body doing certain things in the world. If you just took a panorama, if you took, you took a, a global view of the world, you should see the body of Christ moving and doing certain things, but all together as one body. Does that make sense? It's almost like the world, whether you think it's flat or whether you think it's round, you see, you see the body moving with Jesus as the head. Does that make sense? And if we think that way, we'll consider ourselves even more. If you're struggling with trying to do certain things, continue to thank God for that struggle because that's the struggle that's helping you to minister to somebody else. Once you get through the struggle, what do you think that's going to do for the people who's been watching you? And they see you made it through. Now, they might not have said anything to you while you were struggling, but I guarantee you when, when, when you break through, they're going to say, man, I've been watching you. And I, hey... Let me tell you something. Your struggle, you made the struggle look so beautiful. So I'm challenging each and every one of us to embrace the beautiful struggle. Without a struggle, how could we grow? If we didn't add more weight, how could we produce the faith muscles that we need in order to do what we're called to do? If God doesn't allow the challenges that we see, how can he expect us to grow? If we don't see some of the things that we see, even the spiritual things that tend to be rather heavy, there's so many things going on in the world, things that we see, things that we don't see. But it's what we don't see that's more eternal. But what we do see is temporary. But yet, as soon as we have an experience, we go through the sorrow. 
We go through the sorrow of not being able to handle it. And I'm speaking to myself. Sometimes we go through things and we, act, we have to ask ourselves, we have to ask God in those moments so that we can continue to know that it's part of our process. If you don't allow yourself to go through those moments, you'll continue to try and deny it. And in that denial, you can become sick. Pastor has taught us years ago, what the spirit can't handle throws off on the mind. What the mind can't handle throws off on the flesh. So most times when somebody is going, I mean now mental health is fashionable. You know, now it's fashionable. If you have a, you have a, a therapist, you, you in. Oh, you got a therapist? You got a good one? Because, you know, I, I, I need one too, you know. And, I, you know, I, I mean, for, for a few laughs, that's cool, but it's the truth. Now it's become, and hey, good, because now more people don't have to worry about the stigma that used to come along with having a therapist. Amen? So what the enemy meant for harm, now God is using for good. But what the spirit can't handle, we think about, we ponder, we, we get enveloped in instead of giving it to God. But when we leave it here, it makes it hard for our minds to be transformed. Our minds have to be transformed to know regardless of what happens, we win. Regardless. And it reminds me of a conversation I had to have with my mom in her last four days. I had to say to her, Mom, look, we're going to be all right. If you get a glimpse. Now, some of y'all might be like, man, that's a tough conversation. And it was just as tough as you think. I said, Ma, if you get a glimpse and you want to roll with the Father, I'm good. We good. It would be hypocritical of us to hold on to you here if you get a glimpse and you going towards the Father. But I'm going to celebrate you for the rest of my days. And did I, did I cry? Absolutely. Did I have moments? Absolutely. You're talking about for over 40 years, this is the person I've known the longest. Notice I said over 40 years, right? Y'all saying, well, how old is you really? I'm 45. But the key is to realize that in this physical, we're going to go through some things that are uncomfortable. Being a believer is not for wimpish people. You know, what they try to do now is make it seem as if our faith is for wimps. But those are the only people that just can't, can't seem to embrace dying to self. Dying to self is a very real challenge. Think about it. You got to take care of yourself every day, but it, it ain't about you. Balancing act is that, Lord? I, I got to take care of my, because if you don't take care of yourself, they're all going to laugh at you. Come on. So you have to do certain things to care for yourself. But then in the process, when somebody does something to you, you got you to give God all the glory. You got to be joyful always. This, wimps couldn't do that. 
anybody that has tried to convince you not to believe or that what you believe is not true, check and see what they're trying to attack about your faith. What they're trying to make it seem like is that your faith is weak. But what the scripture is asking us to do, you have to be a soldier. You have to be confident in knowing that God is in control. And the only way you can do that is by every day getting up and embracing that struggle like it's your best friend. Because it's making you into a person that you're even going to be happy with. And I say going to be because a lot of us are not happy with where we are. You know, there's something that I say often to people. I challenge people. I say, you know, you are where you are because that's exactly where you want to be. And, you know, some people get angry. And I'm glad they get angry. Because if that's not true, what are you doing about it? Now, there's circumstances that we're born into. There's circumstances and challenges that we face that we didn't ask for. But what are we going to do about it? Are we going to conform to the way of this world and hurt other people because we can't handle the hurt that we're dealing with? Or are we going to ask questions of ourselves how we can allow this hurt to now heal someone else? You see, in the body of Christ, we can take hurt and it become healing. You can't do that any other way but through Christ. Christ took on the hurt of sin. Sin is hurtful. Sin is not here to play with us. Sin is here to take this physical life. It would have been a spiritual death too had Christ not died for us and became the sin that we hadn't even committed yet. How real is that? It don't get no more gangster than that. I'm going to die for the sins that I know you're going to commit. Come on. You could think of the roughest, toughest gangster, and they couldn't do that. As parents, we even may try. We may try to become or help or do certain things to protect our kids, but guess what? They're going to have to leave out that house. You can try putting them in a bubble. They're not going to stay in it. Can I tell you a story? I'm going to tell it anyway. I got the mic. I'll never forget when, when Aaron was able to walk, um, he would jump off the steps to me. So, I mean, at one point, I mean, it would be like seven steps up, nine steps up, you know, and I'm sitting there like, man, he got faith. <laughs> I mean, I never dropped him. I promise I never dropped you, son. I promise. <laughs> but... <laughs> Some people say, but, but he started school at three. And he even went to a believing school where they even taught the word and they taught principle. But as he continued in school, now, before school, his mom cared for him. All he knew was home and us. That's it. Ministry on Sunday, back home. Whatever activities we did as a family, that's it. But then, as he started going out and getting new relationships 
And these were people he was already familiar with because they went to the church too. But somehow, as he got older, and I could still catch him, I promise you I could still catch him, his faith began to wane. Now, I never dropped him, but the pattern of the world showed him something different than the world he was used to. So as he stepped out of the cocoon, as he stepped out of that safe place, and he was put to task, something happened to his faith. Now, I'm not likening myself to God, but if I never dropped you, why would you be afraid to continue to jump from higher places? Why, why are we afraid? Why are we afraid if God did it for you once, why can't he do it for you again? You see, the way of this world is gonna always question your relationship with God. The way of this world is gonna always say, nah, 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 God, God can't be, no, nah, not. Nah. I know he saved you before, but this time it's worse. It, I guarantee you it's worse. That's the way of the world. Let me go to the scripture. I just pray that whoever this is for, embrace it. Because God has some things for you to do. And I commission you, step out of your cocoon. Step out of your comfort place. Step out and trust God. Now remember, you still got to pay that mortgage. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? Now you can still step out even if you take a half a step. But step out. Step out. Stop getting so comfortable that you, you know, it's just, ah, oh, you know, those winter mornings, it's just so warm until that alarm clock goes off. And you put one, one foot outside those covers, it's like, well, let me snooze it for at least five minutes. There's somebody laughing a little too hard. We got to stop snoozing the alarm. We got to let God do what he's promised us he'll do, which is exceedingly abundantly above and beyond. Amen? Yes. Let me continue on with Romans 12. And that is, uh, for just as each of us has one body with many members and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body and each member belongs to all the others. We all have gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, not prophesying, if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance to, with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. No stone unturned. Now you find yourself in those gifts and do it with all your might. Amen? Amen. The next step would be trustworthy. So, so far we went through conversion, transformation, and now we've become trustworthy. And being trustworthy is the act of being faithful. The act of being faithful. So Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding or way of thinking. 
but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will do what? Direct your path. So now you don't have to be afraid because now the Lord is directing your path. Even if you don't know which way to go, I'm telling you just go. Because wherever you go, there's no one that will be able to stand their ground against you. That's in Joshua chapter 1, if you're not sure. We have to recite this word. You have to speak the word. Like how a child would tell their parent, remember what you said. I'll never forget, promised MJ some ice cream. Jossie promised us some ice cream or icy or whatever. About 48 hours later, she said, yep, I'm ready for my icy. What? You, you remember, and then to keep your word, you might say, you know, well, it's a little, it's a little late. I'll, I'll let you get a taste so I can keep my word, but you should have reminded me earlier. <laughs> but how many of us need to be reminded of how to remind God? Before we pray, we should be reminding God what his scripture says so that we're praying his word. You can mix in there what you want, but pray the word. You need a new car? Be, plan, plan to give somebody a ride every now and again. That's a good reason for God to bless you with a car. I don't know what you think. Right? And I guarantee you, as soon as you say, Lord, I tell if anybody need a ride, I give them a ride. They're going to come out the woodwork. They're going to come out the woodwork. But you're going to have that car. So, we're going to trust in the Lord with all our mind, with all our heart. We're going to not lean on our own way of thinking, our own understanding. But in all our ways, we will continue to acknowledge him so that he can direct our path. Amen? Amen. All right. Last scripture for the day. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. Let man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God, Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful, that one be found trustworthy. You know what it means to be found faithful? That's different than being faithful. To be found faithful means what you do in your private life. You are who you are when no one is watching. You know, it's one thing to say, hey, you know, when... I thank God I didn't have to go through this. But you have some children only show you the best grades. They say, look, look, Dad, I, I, got, a, I got, a, got a 92. Yeah, but what happened to the 65? They want to be found faithful at the time that they're faithful. How many of us do that to God as soon as we do something good? Say, look, Lord, look what I did. I'm ready for my reward. No, we should want to be found faithful. You are who you are when no one is watching. Now that's going to put more pressure on us because guess what? When no one is watching, you're going to remember what was said. That's who you really are. When you can get away with it, and because of the God that's within you, you choose integrity. Amen? But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself. 
for I know nothing against myself. I know of nothing against myself, yet I am not justified by this, but he who judges me is the Lord. Therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord comes, who will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness and reveal the counsels of the heart. Then each one's praise will come from God. Amen? I hope you were able to get something today. Um, if, if, if you're looking for, um, you know, if you're, if you're a new convert, new believer, um, and you're looking for, you know, maybe steps that you're supposed to follow as you're nurturing your relationship with Christ, um, one of the three things that pastors taught many, many, many years ago is be quick to forgive, quick to repent, and remain teachable. But let me flip the order. Be quick to repent, be quick to forgive, and remain teachable. That's what a mature believer would do. Amen? Amen. Any mature believers here? Even if you're not, raise your hand so that you can do it by faith. We all need some maturing, amen? Stand to your feet. One thing that I love about being a believer is um, the challenges don't stop. Now, you know, within reason, I don't want you to, you know, you might have some people that's like, man, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm built for this walk. No, the challenges are not going to overtake you. You know, Scripture tells us that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. So the weapons will be formed. You will have moments where it seems as if you're being attacked, but it doesn't mean that the attack is going to even stop you. It doesn't even mean that the attack is going to have its way with you. But our perception and our perspective is what's going to help us continue to forge through it. Amen? Amen. So we have to also remember and this is, this is also in Mark 24, we have to take heed what we hear. Because in order for us to be fortified in the word, we have to hear it. You have to feed your spirit. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. That's the only way that your faith is gonna be built up, amen? We gotta listen to the word, and even when you're reading it, read it out loud so that your spirit can hear it back. Amen? Can I pray for you? Heavenly Father, today we give you thanks and praise and glory. We thank you for this communion Sunday. We thank you, Lord God, for allowing us to be a part of ministry in excellence. Father God, we thank you, Lord, that we, we don't have it all together, but together we have it all. And we thank you, Lord God, that you will continue to work through each and every one of us. Teach us, Lord God, how to be sensitive and loving towards each and every one of us, even as it may be moments where we're going through it, moments where we may be crying out for help. Father God, teach us how to be sensitive to each other's needs. Teach us, Lord God, how to be sensitive without being too sensitive. Teach us, Lord God, that this is a fight, a fight for our soul, a fight for us to continue to see your will done your way, never lacking your supply. Teach us, Lord God, how to walk in faith, to do those things that you put in our hearts so that even when the obstacles come, we can laugh at them. Teach us, Lord God, how to journal those stories so that we can look back in hindsight and see where you brought us from. 
Lord, you've been good to us. All you really had to do was send your only begotten son, but you took it a step further and you gave us your word. So we thank you, Lord God, for giving us your word that continues to heal our discomfort, our disease. So today we give you thanks and glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Everybody ready to say something good? This Bible is our primary source of faith. This Bible is our rule of conduct. This Bible creates the lens that we see life through. As we leave this place, but never God's presence, Jesus is Lord, period. We believe it, we proclaim it, and we're seeing it come to pass. God bless you.